This is Tarot for the Wild Soul, a weekly tarot podcast about life, death, and rebirth, hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. Hey, Wild Souls, it's Linz. Welcome to 2020 and our first official episode of the year and our hundredth episode of the podcast. I feel like somehow we should have done more in almost three years, but <laughs> here we are. And um, yeah, I cannot believe a hundred episodes feels um, like a beautiful accomplishment and achievement and also so wild. And it feels, I, I didn't know what episode would actually mark the hundredth, but it feels really right that this episode that is devoted to answering your questions and providing clarity, hopefully helpful clarity, um, invitations on what it is to live an intuitively guided life, um, is a, seems like a really nice way to ring it in. So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening, especially those of you who've been there. Well, really all of you. I love those of you who've been listening since the beginning, but I'm very happy to have the people who just got here. So welcome. Um, this is our third and final installment in our three-part Ask Lindsay Intuition series. Um, we did trusting the inner voice, listening to the inner voice, and today is living from the inner voice. What it means to actually live from your intuitive knowing. And your questions were good. And there were, like the other two before, so many that it was painful to pick them. And I need you to know that, that your questions were so good, they hurt. But um, again, it's always my aim to ask questions that I think can really apply to a lot of folks. And some folks ask a lot of questions that um, are similar to others. And so if I didn't pick yours, again, I always want to say that does not mean that it was not as important and impactful as any of the rest that were picked. Um, and thank you for bearing your heart and your soul and asking such courageous and vulnerable questions. Um, I am really pleased before we get started to announce that my course inner voice, I mentioned this on monthly medicine, but has changed. So I am doing an, an intuition course called inner voice that previous to, um, a little while ago was kind of a self-guided, um, intuition course that was sort of, you know, um, open enrollment, evergreen, and it spirit has really come through. And in the last week or two, um, has completely changed that and let me know like the day after it opened for enrollment, <laughs> they wanted me to have a closed enrollment date and they wanted it to be a closed container of people who do it each year and that there would be, um, an unmoderated community board. So while I won't be in there, you'll all be able to connect with one another. And there are Q&A roundups, which is opportunities to ask me really as many questions as you like. Um, there are three of them in a six-week course, um, $88 for just a wealth of material. Um, and once um, the enrollment is closed on January 9th, which is this coming Thursday, um, just a little under a week, it will reopen again next year, but it won't open again next year. And it's really the material as it's coming through is quite powerful. It's much more fierce than I thought it would be like, um, real fierce devotion to people. Um, well, before I get into that, 
what I was going to say was that there's fierce devotion to people realizing their intuitive potential because really the whole point of the course inner voice and really of these Q and A's is just to acknowledge and open you to your own power and looking at the different ways that we sneakily, whether through the brain or whether through society or whether through kind of the old intu intuition paradigms, um, and there are many, most of them having to do with some kind of all-knowing person who really knows something and we're listening to them, um, is really, uh, like long since ready to die. And the course is really devoted to providing a supportive structure for you to lean into in terms of letting your brain noise come up, seeing how that feels, asking questions along the way, yada, 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 but really just immense support for intuitive expansion that really happens just by starting to listen in new ways. So I think it, it's very exciting. And that's actually, so if you're interested in signing up for that, you can sign up um, in the link on the show notes. You can go to my website, lindsaymack.com slash inner voice, I think, but it's on the courses and classes page. But um, that's actually an unintended and very interesting dovetail, not the course, but me mentioning to you that the day after I opened it for enrollment, Spirit was like, hi, <laughs> I'd like you to do something completely different with this. So that's actually a really light and breezy way of kind of mentioning and initiating this discussion about what it means to live from your intuition. And we go into this pretty extensively in the course, but one of the most important things to really understand about intuition is that very often for many of us, we have a perception that intuition should be or works in a linear fashion. Linear meaning easy to understand, open and clear, like a path, literally like a linear path. Like if you're in a car and you're driving down the road, you if the path is open and wide, you can see maybe multiple miles down the path and can really sense what's coming next. And the expectation of the brain and of the ego is that intuition will be an egoically satisfying experience and it will be linear. And when we try to live from our intuition, but if we're still in some way like little pieces of shrapnel or maybe just a humongous like full-on belief that intuition should behave linearly, it will be very challenging to actually live from intuition <laughs> because as much as we may be desiring and working and practicing, if we're expecting spirit to behave in a linear fashion, we are still operating from brain. And, uh, that's really different than intuition. Obviously the truth is that guides and spirit are completely spiralic, which is to say that there's really, um, much more mystery to them than we are typically used to. It is not satisfying, you know, a lot of the time to the ego. In other words, we can very often get no's for a long time. And the no's were just so we loosen our grip on something enough for something to come in. 
And a lot of the time we can get yeses to something that don't actually pan out to what we got a yes for, but it happens so that we can test our strength, say no to something, practice speaking our truth, practice just simply giving something a shot because if we didn't give it a try, we'd always regret it. Um, There's a million reasons why, and we don't always know the why. And sometimes we know the why, but it's not immediately clear until years later. So it's spiralic. And that is um, very confusing and generally kind of frightening and dissatisfying to the primal brain. So there's a very big evolutionary transformative often uncomfortable process that comes with living from intuition because it takes a lot of time, a lot of years. I'm just not going to lie to you about it. I'm not going to tell you that you can do it in a couple of weeks. It's a lifetime of practice. If you have 20 years of committed undoing, redoing of the old paradigms like brains in charge. I want it when I want it. I want spirit to give me what I'm looking for. It doesn't work like that. We know it doesn't work like that because we see millions of people all over the world not getting what they want, not getting what they need. It's not necessarily about anything we're doing and anything spirit's doing. We're not here. We have a magical idea of God and the magical idea is that God is some kind of fairy tale creature that swoops in and kind of saves the day. And you and I both know that it's not like that. That was a lie that was told forever ago. (laughs) And we don't, that's not the truth. The soul experience on the planet, and it's not to scare anybody because I think spirit is completely benevolent. It's just not necessarily doing what we think it's doing or doing what it should be doing. Divine is not a savior, as many of us might think. Divine is here to support us having an experience as souls in human bodies. And having experiences in human bodies often involve a lot of pain, a lot of trauma, a lot of discomfort, and a lot of opportunities to grow and learn. Nobody ever said that it was supposed to be comfortable or even fair. We're all here to be learning through what we are handed. It doesn't mean that what we're handed is even necessarily from divine. And yet, one of the most powerful ways to think of spirit, which, um, you know, is an interesting way to think about it is just simply to view it as what is, because it's very difficult to argue with what is. We have an idea, a very untrue idea, that if we live life in alignment with spirit, like nothing bad is going to happen, and that we'll be comfortable, and that everything will be in alignment, we'll be safe, we'll understand. Right in this minute, As I am recording this, I am actually recording this standing up because my back hurts so bad I can't sit and it still hurts very badly standing. (laughs) Um, And uh, that's not because I did anything wrong and it's not because I'm out of alignment and I know because I checked and it's not because um, 
It's because there are a million things that have been birthed through my physical body in the last few months. The transition into 2020 is wild, which I do want to bring some languaging to in this episode because it's crazy. It's really a weird, uh, it's been very weird energy, I think. Um, And there's nothing wrong with it. And it's very easy for the mind to think like, oh, fuck, I'm in pain. Like, I should feel better. Like, why is divine handing this down to me? And you would no more say that about a child who had cancer. So why say it about yourself? Nobody brings these things into themselves. We don't manifest these things. And divine doesn't give us these things. A, like everything else, things arise and we can lean in on our practices in our inner voice to spirit, to our guides, to help us be present with them. That's really how we start to live from intuition, to understand that if we are to speak of guides, benevolent benevolent beings that are really devoted to our highest and best good, um, and an essence of truth that runs through us and the antenna of our bodies, it's got to be inclusive of every experience. It's got to be, um, and guides are very interested in helping us go the full journey around something so that we can complete it on a soul level. So many of us are here to master certain things. One of the things for sure that I'm here to master, and not master as in conquer, but master as in get a lot of, like a master's degree, literally get time and experience and for sure brain chemistry. Wow. Did I sign up for the PhD program of a lifetime on that one? Um, But chronic pain is a big part of my journey. I am often in pain and learning that it's not because I did anything wrong. It's not a punishment. It's not spirit giving me a heads up that I'm out of alignment. Can it be that the body will communicate to us through pain? Absolutely. Is it what we believe it to be as in spirit is sending down a punishment through physical pain? No, my body is tired. And she also agreed that she's very happy to do this podcast today. So thank you, body. (laughs) Um, but she was not agreeable to do other things. So when I'm talking about living in alignment with intuition, part of what I'm talking to you regarding my body, that's what it is. It's not me pushing myself to do more of an offering because I think that um, I should, or because I assume that's what's asked of me. We ask because we have free will here and because spirit is never going to impose and say, you must do this. Everything is an invitation and everything is a choice. And choosing to live a life in alignment with intuition is essentially agreeing to a lifelong initiatory undoing and rewilding, undoing the brain, linear, ego, I want spirit to give me what I want when I want it. This isn't fair. I expected this. Any God who gives us this isn't fair. That's, it's not, it's not even reality. There's never been a promise 
of divine to give us or not give us anything. That's not what it is. Um, and the rewilding is to understand that everything in life moves in a spiral, that we are meant to be evolving through what we're handed. And we can often, when we're evolving through something challenging and we lean into the brain narrative, that's when we can get to, what if I'm not okay? What if this isn't okay? What if I'll never get better? What if I can't? Um, and we can really slip down a, a really steep road on that. Um, and we may still, while tuning into our knowing, but with spirit and with um, developing a sense of intimacy with our inner voice, we can actually open to be able to say, this fucking sucks. I hate it and I hate you, God, <laughs> or spirit or whatever word. I know the word, the term God can be very, very triggering for people. So I should have clarified that um, when I'm speaking of communicating with anything greater than ourselves, your experience, that word God may really not resonate with you. Just sub it out for whatever um, serves you. Obviously, this is all an invitation, not what should be. And you're empowered to obviously not take me as the knower of all and the speaker of you, because only you can do that. Um, to actually name this fucking sucks. I hate that I'm in pain or I hate that I'm going through this or I hate that I was given like some yes to take a leap into a relationship and it fucking ended in shit and I don't get it and you're an asshole and just really letting ourselves be with all of that, be with the fear. What if I'm alone forever? What if this pain never goes away? What if, you know, when I have this plan in two days, like I won't be okay enough to, to, you know, whatever it is, like there's so many things that come up to actually have the full experience of letting ourselves feel the human piece, which spirituality often wants to deny us or bypass or block us. And it's not, again, it's, it's nonsense and should be thrown out the window where it belongs, quite frankly. But, um, all of that is part of the spiralic intuitive process where you can actually open to the full experience. And then from there, there is a wise caretaker that emerges forward that says, how can I tend this? What is needed right now? Is support needed? Is help needed? Is crying needed? Is being heard needed? Is time alone needed? There's many, many ways is just, we just don't know. You know, there's lots and lots of options. And, um, living in alignment, living from intuition is no joke. It's becomes very, very hard to stay in victimhood mindset. It becomes very hard to blame others, even when you've suffered and experienced, um, abuses, because it's certainly not that the blame or the responsibility shifts, but you do start seeing your experiences in life in a different way. You just do. It doesn't, um, it actually brings things into sharper focus because you begin to see, well, this, I can hold both. I can hold how hard and how shitty and how unfair this is. I can hold how much I hate it. And I can hold where and what kind of path this carved in my personal forest, maybe one that I never would have asked for, never would have preferred and yet it's here. Um, 
And if my work has ever meant anything to you, that's the only reason I'm talking to you right now. Otherwise, I'd definitely be dead. Like, that's it. <laughs> you know, like, when you have the kind of brain chemistry, panic disorder, CPTSD, terror, hypervigilance, abuse from, like, preverbal stages, and then many abuses and many traumas on top of those traumas, as I have had, um, with unbelievably traumatic medical experiences, living with a brain aneurysm, in constant chronic pain, autoimmune disease, um, definitely not the worst experience. I could have it way worse. I'm still a completely privileged person, a white person, um, living in America. Um, there's a lot to be spoken for with that too. So I just want to name that, but, um, in just speaking about what the shitty parts of our life guide us to, we're really here to help each other walk through this forest of life. And sometimes we're handed things that are um, really unfair so that we can help other people walk through their forest. And other times it's for completely different reasons. And even those things are not really contained in a solid packaged up, here's why this happened or this was meant to be. Is really in spiralic understanding of intuition. It's just, it just is. And we're responding to it in the best way that we can. Um, because there really is no why necessarily. It just is. And when we live from intuition, we start appreciating the fact that we're meant to move in a full spiral and not a straight line. So very often things that we might initially think um, doing this wrong is actually us doing things perfectly um, and that we're meant to have a very full um, circle experience with something. Very often when we, there are very subtle things and some of these questions like I must be doing something wrong, the brain's favorite weapon in the eye of the eye, the one eye of spirit, um, you know, in, in, in the eyes, I guess, of divinity or of divine intelligence or like whatever words you want to name that, um, there's no wrong in terms of, there, in terms of, um, obviously if we're causing harm, we want to recenter and rehabilitate if that is available to us and be, held accountable for that. But in terms of us, like, um, going through the same patterns over and over and over again, where the harm may be there, it just impacting ourselves. Um, there really is no wrong. It's what is, and it's really powerful to remember that it's very hard to change something that we have not accepted as what is. And it really is the first step. Many beliefs, you know, like 12-step programs, really, that's the foundation. The first step is always the acknowledgement and the acceptance. And it's the same exact thing in spirituality. And many people get into this idea of denial with their spirituality. Um, or they get very consumed with seeing things through a mental perspective. And although legitimate and valid, the mind is very often a very poor mm, narrator for the full spectrum experience of what's going on for us as souls 
in human bodies. The human body is so precious and incredible and valid and at the table for all of these things. But the brain is just as valid, often lying. So very important when we're living from intuition to understand that we're taking on the lifelong journey of saying no to the brain's invitations while honoring them, listening to them. Very often we're not going to want to take them and opening to something larger that can hold all of it and us. And a lot of what I'm talking about is what's covered in week one of Inner Voice, um, just really this idea of acknowledging that and kind of, but not really, just little bits and pieces, but this idea that what we've thought intuition to be is really not quite what it is. And what we've thought of as an intuitively guided life, like I think a lot of people assume it's like that you can see down the road a very long way and it's not true. It's actually the opposite. It is living your life in a way that you are available to be woken up by spirit at four o'clock in the morning when they say, hey, we'd like you to do something a little different with your course. We'd like you to do this and this and this. A lot of things had to happen in order to do that. I had to go through enough uh, work around my like cell phone screen addiction and attachment to uh, majorly detox that and like put my phone in another room. Now I'm like never on my phone, but to put my phone in another room while I sleep. And when I started to do that, spirit started to talk to me in the middle of the night, which I was not expecting. And I love it. And when I wake up in the morning, I often get a lot of wonderful chatter because there's space, but I had to go through that process of just getting triggered again and again and again through constantly being on Instagram and my email and just like at totally inappropriate hours. So it'd be like 11 o'clock at night and I'd see something and all of a sudden be triggered out of my mind. And then like, it's time for bed and there's really nothing to do. And I'm awake all night triggered to shit. So, um, my cell phone, um, disrespect in terms of my nervous system, my body. It was a disrespect to myself. I'm not saying anyone who is exhibiting similar behavior is disrespecting themselves. It felt disrespectful to me. So I'm just speaking on behalf of myself, but my choices with my cell phone, um, were me and me being guided to stretch and go as far as I could go with cell phones so that there could be a complete um, repertoire of practice so that I was really complete. That's an example of how guides will lay back and let us do the work we have to do to stretch things out as far as they can so that once we're finished, we're really finished. And that does involve a measure of some like learning and some contrast. Um, so I had to work through my full phone experience to recognize that it had to be put in another room while I slept um, which opened me to be able to receive guidance in ways that was totally unexpected. And I did not plan or count on that or ask for that. That was something that um, was a 
kind of divinely guided thing that came from me saying yes to my peace and my space. And the more I said yes to spaciousness, the more spirit filled that space. And that's just one tiny example. Um, living in alignment with intuition means you're okay with not knowing, which is really ironic because often we think like the deeper someone's intuition goes, the more they know. And it's actually quite the opposite that the more, um, we actually develop and deepen our channel, the less we know, <laughs> which is so disappointing. Probably. I wish I could listen. If I could, sp if I could like shower you with glitter and do like Oz behind the curtain shit, I would love, I would love it. It just doesn't exist. This is a raw, tough, intense fucking journey we're on. There's a lot that we don't understand about this life. There's a lot that happens in this life to people that is inexplicable. And, um, in terms of a spiritual perspective, we have to actually look to human belief systems. And that, that's a huge part of the intuition as well as paying attention to the human filter. What do you believe? What were you taught? Were you indoctrinated? You know, what are, what are your belief systems? It, living in alignment with intuition requires some measure of, of, um, not intuitive, I'm sorry, human integrity and commitment to evolving on a human level. It's not like an infallible thing. We are in these bodies. We're not channels that are just immediately open. Everybody has a filtration system that needs some tending. Everyone, me, just as much as anyone else. So living in alignment with our intuition begins literally the journey of a lifetime. Begins with looking at what you believe intuition is and beginning to get curious about it. And again, I would love to offer you a sweet magical package. It's like this one thing, if you do it, it will open your channel. And it's not true because how your channel works is totally different than mine. How would I ever know? But what I am talking about is probably the only thing about intuition that is truly a universal thing, which is that it is spiralic. And the more we can undo the rhythm of the straight line and the linear, which is really hard. It's hard work to undo that. It takes a lifetime. There is no way to sugarcoat that. It takes a lifetime. That's all I can say. But if we're committed to that lifetime journey, it will flower us open, change our lives, transform our lives, open our channel organically in ways we cannot even imagine. And then actual gifts, the gifts that we have, that only we have in the way that only we can shine, only we can express them will come forward because we will have started to tune into the actual rhythm of divine, which is to say the rhythm of nature, the rhythm of the seasons, the rhythm of change, the rhythm of birth and death. Nothing in nature is a straight line. I mean, nothing. So it's really powerful to begin to think about it in this way. And after all that, I'm going to answer your questions, but not before I take a drink of water. I feel like I'm the only person like in the universe who just doesn't edit those things out. I can't be bothered. You know, it's okay. I hope you take a drink of water right now. So 
I have a lot of really good questions in here. There's, um, as always, these cues, my answers to them are invitations and um, always the aim is to be respectful and as um, as much of an honoring as the person who asked the question as possible. And so here we go. Anonymous asks, um, oh, there is a, well, hold on one second, actually. I think there is, hmm, yeah, there we go. Elisa asks, is it possible to have an intense physical response to going through a threshold portal such as the new year? Yesterday, I got my first cold in over a year, and today I threw my back out. <laughs> me too, Lisa. I have to imagine spirit is asking me to reflect on this last year or 10, I guess, but this is the first time I've felt the change in my bones. Is this the shedding or the wake-up call? How can I better support myself in these transitions when your body says no? So, great question, Lisa. Perfect opportunity for me to say that the beginning of 2020 is weird as fuck. Energetically, it's very strange. And I think there are a couple reasons for this. Uh, some of them I don't know yet. Um, one of them I really believe is the epicness of the upcoming astrological transits. Um, the fact that we do have this immense eclipse coming up in like a week, you know, um, which is a full moon lunar eclipse in cancer, huge, a lot of aspects to that moon. And then in a little over a week, we have Saturn conjunct Pluto, which has more aspects running through it than I could ever bring language to. Um, and there's more stuff. There's, um, big things happening with Uranus. Like there's lots of things that are happening right now that we can really feel. And now that we're plugged into this time, given that all this is two weeks or less time away, um, we're just feeling it, I think. Um, my other theory, and I think it's a pretty good one, 2020 is most definitely a shift into a new decade, a new paradigm. The We're going to see some very significant change in the world during this decade. And the last decade have has really been so intense and 2019 has been so intense that I actually think that our bodies are finally getting a little bit of an opportunity to like process and rest. Like there's just been so much energy, work, shedding, running through the body. And because we're in an emperor year, emperor is ruled by Aries, which is the infant of the Zodiac. So kind of all of us are newborn and we just gave birth. <laughs> like we just rebirthed ourselves, um, and are both the baby and the parent. And so we're kind of going through a bit of a soul centered postpartum period and postpartum periods are meant for extensive rest, nourishment, and care. And, um, I, I, I know quite a few people who can feel like the energy of this year is really kicking and like there's already been a couple of things that have happened in the last two days that have been like, whoa, that really happened very fast. And I'm typically used to waiting for things to take, you know, things of this nature usually take me forever, you know, those things. Um, but in terms of like the physical, the, the body, um, remember we have to run all these energies and programs through the body. So the body just, 
sometimes we'll respond by being like, I need you to be horizontal. And it's not because we did anything wrong. It, it, so I just wanted to speak to that, that, that this is a super weird, wild, kind of strange transitional time. And I think all of us are still feeling into kind of what it feels like, if that makes sense. But um, very, very powerful to think about it as like, we're newborns you know, because it's kind of true. Um, and in answer to your question, I think it's the shedding and the wake up call. And I think it's, it's not because 2020 isn't a shedding time. We're kind of living, growing, birthing as we're shedding right now, which is kind of interesting. And I think that's part of the weirdness is that we're not used to both, which is, I'm not quite sure yet, but I think that that's a bit of it. Um, and I think, you're supporting however you can show up to just tending to your sweet back, taking your time and like honoring your body through this cold and just really letting yourself be super gentle, um, letting whatever wants to come up, come up to be shed perhaps. And also letting your body go through this period where it's like, I've just given birth, man. Like I need to rest. You know, all of our bodies are kind of bringing that forward right now. And so really just meeting ourselves exactly where we are is such a powerful act of care. Um, you didn't say this, Lisa, but I just want to name for everyone, repeat that physical experiences and colds and stuff never, ever means that we did anything wrong. And it does not mean that, um, you know, it never means that we're being punished. It, sometimes often just the body needs time to be horizontal and to just be nourished. And so, um, this is a fortification, nourishment, rest, gentleness time. So just, um, very often with the body, we want to like know the why of it. And it's often very dissatisfying <laughs> to start with just the care, um, just responding with care rather than needing to kind of understand what or why anything's going on. The most important thing is that when things like this come up, we haven't done anything wrong. It's not a wrong thing. It's just information. So if we're just open to that information, it's really powerful to just um, see what arises from it. So this next question, there is a content warning. There's a mention of abuse in this. So you can fast forward if need be. Um, Anonymous asks, I've been going through it, have battled an abusive relationship this year and lost connection with my intuition. Since November, I've been moving through this process of letting go after I left him and hearing my guides again, as well as getting some other big upgrades to my gifts. I'm still battling depression and I've considered going on medication, but am worried that it would affect my magic and my intuition. Does antidepressants dull your connections to hearing from your guides? Also, I swear to goddess that I entered this relationship relationship with my abuser last year. Um, I heard that this was who I was meant to be with. Is there ever a time when your guides are wrong? Are they reading timelines and perhaps he is just meant to be who I was with to learn this big lesson of choosing integrity? So these are two very, very, very big questions. And I don't know that I can answer, um, whether your guides were wrong or right about your intuition, because I think that, um, I would honestly have to know more. Um, I'll speak to it a tiny bit, but what I did want to really speak to was your medication question. And the answer is a big, 
enthusiastic hell no. Um, antidepressants do not dull your relationship or connection with your guides. Can it be, like with anything, that it can take a little while to find the right relationship with the right antidepressant? Totally. Um, but I actually really want to advocate that although, you know, and I first before I advocate, I want to honor. <laughs> so I want to honor that there are probably some people listening to this who are like, fuck no. Like I had such a hard time hearing my guides when I was on antidepressants. And I really want to acknowledge that that is possible. I also want to acknowledge that sometimes on certain medications, it is <clears throat> more challenging, especially if they present more side effects to hear, because the whole point, the difficulty in, you know, connecting to spirit is if the brain is very, very loud. So sometimes there can be reasons for that, but I really, with, with a lot of humility of knowing that I could be wrong, um, really actually feel quite strongly that antidepressants, if we need them, deeply strengthen the connection with intuition. And I think there's kind of this built-in issue, you know, with the idea that somehow antidepressants are not a spiritual tool and they are, they are as much as any other spiritual tool that might be sold in spiritual places or whatever, you know, it as much as any, as anything else. Um, when your brain is loud, when it is desiring neurochemical support, um, antidepressants can actually unlock the door to have you hear your guides more clearly than you could ever imagine. So, um, because they're helping you take the volume down on the brain. And when the volume is so high through an experience, persistent panic or depression, that it's just requiring so much energy to turn the volume down on our own. And I also want to really advocate that I think it's just as much of a, a, important decision to not take them. I think that like there, there really is no wrong and right. If you're honoring what's in your highest and best, and even if you're not, there's no wrong necessarily in terms of what we're discussing. But I think that, um, I really want to advocate on behalf of your knowing, because I think it would be beautiful for you to check it out. And, um, I took, you know, I've been on medication for many years of my life and really the thing that, um, Actually, once I was in a place to be connecting with my guides more, um, I went on amino acid therapy and it saved my life. Um, but I would have gone on medication because I really needed it at that time. And amino acid therapy works um, similarly just on various neurotransmitters in the brain. And I took that under care of a psychiatrist and under instruction of a psychiatrist who specialized in that. And uh, it not only saved my life, but that actually was the thing that allowed me to be like, oh, whoa, I like hear things and it's more persistent and regular. Oh my goodness. Like that was the thing that helped me to acknowledge that it wasn't random, that it really was just always there, you know? So, um, absolutely highly encourage antidepressants are a huge sacred spiritual tool. <laughs> so, you know, absolutely like check it out if it aligns with you. Wonderful. You know? Um, so I want to gently 
touch into your second question, like the gentlest touch, because again, I don't know. I, if you were with me right now, I would want way more detail about what you heard, how you heard the relationship. Um, because I think the idea of saying guides encourage us to go into abusive relationships is not true. And I also think really potentially and justifiably so very insensitive on my part. So I don't really feel that I'm available. I also don't feel that way. So I don't necessarily want to state that. However, I do want to acknowledge what you're saying that sometimes we are guided to move through certain relationships and experiences just so we can reclaim something. You said your integrity. Sometimes it can be our trust in ourselves. Sometimes it, like there are many things, of course. Um, sometimes I think that this is also important to say is that I think a lot of relationships that unfortunately end with one party behaving abusively do not start out that way with that intention. So sometimes we do hear, we do get a like, yeah, absolutely. Like what this person is stepping up with is beautiful and then it can change. And then it, and again, because spirit is spiralic and not linear, it's very important that if we get a yes, we don't assume like, oh, that's just, we now we can coast. As soon as we coast, we're devolving, you know? So we always want to be checking in. We always want to be seeing, are we growing with our partner? Are we evolving together? Um, I truly believe from the bottom of my heart that when my mother like held me after giving birth to me, she was not thinking about how she could abuse or harm me physically or psychologically. She was severely mentally ill with psychosis that I think was untreated or family members just didn't want to face it. And, um, unfortunately me and my sibling, you know, paid the price for that. Um, but do I think that was her intention? Absolutely not. But there were many choices that she made, that I made, that family members made that led to the childhood I had. Um, and I say I made, um, in acknowledging that once I got older in my twenties, um, there were lots of choices I made where I was like, yeah, I'll see you. And then later would be like, why do I feel crazy? <laughs> you know, Cause I just didn't understand that. Like she was traumatizing me. You know, it was that gaslit that I didn't know that that was happening. So I do believe that sometimes we are led in these circumstances where sometimes these things can arise that, um, really do bring us into all kinds of intersections with folks. And, um, but I don't think we're ever pushed towards someone that can create harm. Um, and I don't think it's that linear. I just really think it's that, um, we can get all kinds of yeses. And sometimes we, we feel a yes that comes from some part of us that recognizes somebody who, you know, I, I can, I will speak for myself that I have been guided on multiple occasions. One of them, like not even that long ago to be like, wow, this person seems like a great person to be friends with or previously to date. And they've been horrible to me. And it's because they matched my mom. And when I look back, I don't think spirit was ever like, yeah, go for it. I think I was so taken and it felt like such a clear yes that I did. I ignored what I knew. So I think it's really complex, you know, but, um, 
I don't think guides are ever wrong. I think that the answers that we get are complex, you know? So again, with, I want, really wanted to emphasize that antidepressants can actually help and open intuition and turn the volume up on it. But, um, as to the other part of the question, um, I think just keeping, keeping yourself open to how that journey continues to unfold and noticing like, you know, what was in there, what felt right to me at the time? Did it feel right? Like there were, you know, all kinds of things just continue to be open to that. Um, Bina asks, is it possible for someone to not have access to spirit or intuition? Please hear me out. Everybody is quick to say it's impossible and everyone has intuition and is psychic and so on, but this is an honest struggle for me. So please just hear me out. Over the last 11 years, I've dedicated myself to healing and recovery. I have done all the therapies, including extensive trauma work. I have apprenticed with a very powerful energy healer for two years and have learned many things, including Reiki flower essences and how to channel spirit guides. However, all the information I have, quote, channeled has been incorrect, wrong, and not accurate. I've never identified what my own intuition feels like. I'm very intelligent and have been able to say things that sound good because I heard them from someone else, but that's not the same as my own inner wisdom. Just because I can quote a book or another teacher doesn't mean I'm connected to spirit, you know? I genuinely wonder whether there's something broken inside of me that prevents true connection from my to spirit or my intuition. Whenever I try to quote drop in, I either experience thinking, inner criticism, or just blank silence. It's like there's nothing there and no longer how I sit in silence, nothing ever comes. Have you encountered this before? Everybody tells me it's impossible and yet here I am and this is my experience. So Bina, I love you for this question and I get it. And I'm happy that you were really insistent that we hear you out and it's an honor to hear you out. Because I feel like I want to start by just validating you and your experience. Because what you're feeling is real. Like you're feeling like you don't have a connection. That all these things that you've channeled have been inaccurate or wrong. Um, I hear you. And I really want to validate you. And I have a few things to speak on with this. Uh, the first thing, and there was another thing in here. Let me see. Okay. The first thing is that, um, I want to know, <laughs> you cannot talk back to me right now. So this is fruitless, but I want to know more about what you mean by wrong, inaccurate, um, or incorrect. And I'm not saying that that's not true that's the case. If you're telling me that that's your experience, then I want to honor that completely. And because you're asking me, I'm curious about this because, um, sometimes we are guided to yeses when they're really no's. Sometimes we're guided to take leaps that have us falling flat rather than sticking the landing. Um, and none of it's a wrong or a problem. Um, sometimes with a client, we guide them to something that is completely inaccurate. And yet, um, there are things that can come up from guiding that client to something that we get in our channel that that client then hears and goes, no, I'm not really getting that. Or they needed to hear that in that moment, that it was true in that moment. And then things change. Um, and 
part of the reason for that sometimes is just simply to empower the client to be able to say, no, I trust myself. This is my truth. And in a weird way, both the client and you are connected to guides. Because again, it's not linear. It's completely spiralic and it can be unsatisfying in moments. Um, and remember, like the ego wants information intuitively guided information to be linear and tidy and very satisfying. And um, the truth is that guides and that is to say any intuitive process is here to help us learn, evolve and grow. And often that's by taking the longest journey. And it does involve us leaping sometimes and really to guides, it doesn't really matter what the landing is. It matters that we tried. It matters that we left because in leaping is the life, really. Um, so my first invitation is for you to consider the story, is to consider what you're telling me. Um, were you actually wrong? And I'm not saying that you were not, by the way. I'm completely willing to consider that you were wrong. Um, but was your wrong in some way absolutely what was supposed to be? Were you guided to learn or to experience life in a way that was um, unsatisfying to a part of you that assumed that a yes meant you were going to get something you want or expected? What do you expect intuitive work is? What were you taught? Were you taught by people who valued a linear experience or were you taught by people who value spiralic? You know, these are, it's not like to say like, you know, were you, it's just, just all curiosity. Like, is that true? You know, just really thinking about that. Um, life really is constantly changing with guides. So it's also really important to remember sometimes we really can get things that can shift or change. Um, I do want to say something though, which is that you're not broken. There's, you're just not. And I know this because intuition is a birthright. What I am really hearing here is that it's time for you to leave the foundations that were laid out for you from all this work and enter the realm where you have no idea what the fuck you're doing, but at least you're not doing what anyone else is doing. It's a, it's one of those, um, you're standing at a precipice that every intuitive worth their salt has, um, where you've learned everything you can from a particular teacher, from resources, and you can keep working with that teacher, but you can, you work with the teacher and whether you do or you're not, you don't, um, and you take the leap into your teachings and your truth. And part of that starts with you not knowing what the fuck you're doing. And my guess is that beautifully and courageously, you have been deeply devoted to studying your craft so that you could figure out how to do this so that you could like, I'm hearing something in your question that all this work, um, there's an expectation that you should somehow be further at this. And there really kind of is no correlation, which sounds crazy, but it's true because it really is that you just have to start feeling into your rhythm, which is the most annoying thing. And if I were you, I'd throw my phone out the window <laughs> at an answer like that. But it's true because my biggest piece of advice to you is to actually stop trying completely. 
Because weirdly, the more we try to get an answer, the more we're attached to the idea of being right or accurate, the more we crimp the flow. It's like crimping a hose. Um, It's a loose process. It's so loose. You're just in the moment. It's right in the moment. This is what you're hearing right now. Do you know how many things in my work on a daily basis change? Like every day, Um, my husband and I are... um, going to look at a rental out West, um, in a couple of days. And every day I check in with spirit, still in alignment to go out and look at that house. Yes. Great. If spirit says no to me on the day of the viewing, I'm not going to get on that plane because there's no accurate. So if you're expecting, if you ask once and you're like, do I see this house? Spirit says yes. And then you get on the plane and it doesn't work. And you think I'm wrong. It's not the truth. So it's really about the way you're assuming or believing intuition to be. So stop trying to get answers and just live and see where your feet take you. Start checking in gently. Start sensing into what comes forward for you and how it does. It's really frustrating because your brain is really wanting to know how to do this. And it's really, I think, a little committed. Mm. Ask yourself whether there's a part of your brain that really wants you to feel like you can't do this. Because I'm hearing in your question like almost a desire for me to validate that you might not be able to do this and I can't do that because this is your birthright. Whether or not you're meant to be channeling for people remains to be seen. It is a calling and it may not be one that's for you. Um, But I also think that You living in alignment with your intuition and your guides absolutely isn't an undoing that will make you want to kick everything you own, that will make you want to just pull your hair out in frustration, that will make you feel like you're failing, you're doing everything wrong, you can't understand, yes. And part of what you're frustrated about is the path. Assuming that other people have not gone through this is the first thing that you can toss away. I went through what you're talking about for years and still occasionally go through it. And the only reason I don't go through it is because I've had enough experience to understand how it really works. So it's weird, you know, and I wish that it could be packaged a little better, but, um, yes, you're born with a brain connection, brain channel, and you're born with a soul channel. What your soul desires you to do with that channel It's about you getting humble and open and soft so you can let it guide you because I'm hearing some real desire to like know. And as soon as we try to know, everything goes quiet, which is so frustrating. And I get it if you just want to, if you're just so frustrated right now, it's so valid. So, um, I would say like, um, yeah. See what would happen if you stopped doing so much and let things just unfold, you know, see what happens and see what happens when you sit with the inevitable frustration that comes up with hearing this answer, because there's also information in how your brain responds to this answer too. If it tries to be like, see, you don't, we don't get this. It's time for the brain to get in the back seat. 
if it says like, oh, you know, Lindsay, like this is just like, that isn't even an answer. It's time for the brain to get in the back seat. And you can just say, you can talk back there, but um, I'm just going to sit with this without needing anything to have any kind of external validation or expectation of it. That's the other thing. What are your expectations of intuition? You know, just all things to think about. There's no zero judgment here. What you're speaking about is one of the most vulnerable questions I've ever received, actually. And one of the most truthful, which is just like, what the fuck even is all this? Like, how do you know when do you, like, there's so much that you're bringing voice to that's so important and you illuminated it so fearlessly and beautifully that it's allowing me to dig in a little deeper. Uh, my, my gut belief is that there's tremendous power running through you and that probably your biggest lesson is one of mine, which is how to step out of the way and just let it come forward rather than trying to figure out how the machine works, you know, and um, there might be more to it than that. Cause I'm only reading what you wrote. There might be like more follow-up information that you may want to give me about something. And so if that's the case, you can email, but yeah, you're intuitive <laughs> and it's okay that you don't feel that you are, or it's okay that you don't know if you are. And it's okay if you don't, um, if you are getting the proof that you assume comes with what it is to be an intuitive because what you may be assuming about what an intuitive is may not actually be the truth. Just all things to think about. Um, Anonymous asks, I grew up in a religious Christian household and was told things like tarot, astrology, and inner voice were evil and tools to invite evil into your life. I've since outgrown this view, but there's a shit ton to undo and learn about inner voice work. I was wondering if it would be possible to talk about how to handle this transition or how to approach this as someone who's not only totally new to it, but coming from such negative programming. Oh, anonymous, I get this. I really do. Um, I don't know that I have a lot to offer here because I think that most of us are undoing some programming that is similar to what you talked about, whether or not it is the specific trauma that comes with growing up in a religion that actively um, promotes or, uh, what is the word, um, vilifies these things. Um, most of us have witch wounds, you know, so to speak, that really make us feel like we should somehow not be doing these things or accessing these things is connecting us to a power that's not okay. And when there's a religious or cultural familial um, focus placed on the evil of these tools, these like beautiful tools, um, there is an inherent, really intense healing journey that we go on. So I just really want to bow to you in that and really acknowledge and validate what you shared. Um, and my first answer is just that it takes a lot of time, which you already know. So I think huge gentleness and care, expecting there to be a cyclical process where the more you expand in your safety and trust of like, this is safe. This is my birthright. These are beautiful tools of like divinity and of reflection and of autonomy, you know, um, that the brain inevitably will come up 
pop up with another layer of contractive thought so that you can clear it and heal it. Um, so respecting the cyclical process and not expecting for it to go away because that's the way the body really heals is through cycles and layers. And we often think like, oh God, this is coming back up again, but it's really just kind of another layer of shrapnel that is a part of what we're talking about. The other thing with this is my gut tells me to tell you to speak directly to your inner kid or to the parts of you that were affected most by this talk because they are the ones that probably need you to step up and reparent them and show them like, actually, baby, like these tools have always been for us. They've always been beautiful and there was a lot of investment in the way my caretakers, the way parents, the way the church needed to pull us away from these tools of immense power and self-sovereignty. Because if we had self-sovereignty, they'd kind of be out of business. <laughs> you know, they had a lot invested in trying to get us to believe this. And I wonder if like, you know, our parents even really believed it, if they even thought about it, you know, because there's so much terror in um, being punished in religion and so much terror in doing it wrong and, you know, the human body being so flawed and the human mind being so weak. And, you know, so I think just caring for yourself in with time, with great respect to time and um, acknowledging the fact that you're going to probably undo this for a while in layers and that it's perfect to do that. And just talking to your inner kid, um, it's really, um, so much patience, care, and tenderness, a lot of support. Um, cause you're undoing like the most epic gaslighting and kind of the deepest lie that we're exposed to. And it goes really bone deep. And I know you know that. So with care, because you're literally going down to the bone and coming back out again. So just slowly, I think is the best answer I could give you. Um, so this is the last cue and there were a lot of, there were just such great cues and I'm sorry I didn't get to more of them, but, um, this is the last one that I'm going to do tonight. Um, Michaela asks, I know this may sound like an arbitrary question, but I would love some insight on best ways to listen to your intuition and knowing when to take the leap. I've been struggling with a major life decision that I know will fall into place once I surrender, but I'm not sure if my fear is holding me back from previous trauma or if my mind is making me think that it's the right decision when it's not. So Michaela, um, sometimes, uh, I assume that if you are making a major life decision, that your brain is bringing up past trauma because that's the point of major life decisions when they're really in alignment with spirit is that they actually allow us to clear out whatever was laying underneath the big expansion that that big life event elicits. Um, so if you're contracted about the big life experience, this tells me that you're probably on the right track with it. Um, and sometimes, and, um, sometimes the only way to know that, um, obviously we want to not be irresponsible with our finances and our life decisions, but 
sometimes the only way to know it is to just take a step into the river and see how it feels and to touch in with how it feels to just simply say, yeah, I'm going to say yes to this tentatively. I'm going to feel into what it feels like to say yes to this without necessarily quitting a job or making a huge decision. I'm going to mentally commit to being willing to move into this and then see how it feels. Um, and this is how you can typically tell if the mind, the, the key is to look for gripping. So if the mind is really gripping, like if it like has your little fingers like wrapped around something and you j just like has to work, usually that's not soul. Usually because there's ease to soul. There's a sense of like, whoa, I feel like this is a huge yes. And I know that if there's meant to be better, that will come. Usually when we're so, we're like shaking and have that feeling of like this must happen, um, usually, and it's not to say it can't align with soul, but it's typically more brain generated, which is fine, by the way. Most people like, a lot of people like live their whole lives like that. And it's absolutely a fine way to live. We're just talking about um, living in intuition. So if your brain is really gripping hard and trying to make this into like the best thing in the world that you could do, then I would say pause with it and see the why of it. Like why, what is the brain believing, you know, all that stuff. Typically, if the brain is trying to invite us into fear around something, or if there's some excitement mixed with fear, there's a wisdom to it, but as, but it, that can also change. Um, how you know the answer is by taking a foot in and is by putting a foot forward and seeing. And I know that that's kind of like for some people, like they're really struggling. Do I have a baby or not? And sometimes it's really about like, um, if you're in a committed relationship and if your partner agrees, like, you know, I'm ready to have a baby. If you are too, sometimes it can just be like, well, let's give it a shot and see what happens and see how it feels. And, you know, how does it feel when my cycle comes up or when my partner's cycle comes up or when, you know, the next opportunity to touch in with a donor or, you, you know, whatever the process is for you with having children or adoption or um, just seeing how it feels. Sometimes we have to like fill out the paperwork, tune in, actually take a step in to sense like, oh, okay, this is not in alignment for me. And a lot of the time when we do that kind of thing, spirit just helps us take care. It, it takes care of itself. It can be that we're so excited about moving to Los Angeles and, you know, we, like, we cannot wait, we can't wait, we can't wait. And if we're living on the East coast, it, it's like, we can be thinking about LA, 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 LA. And then we can Sometimes we have to go there and actually feel like, do I like it here? Do I really like it here? Do I like it in my head? Sometimes we have to try it. So I'm not sure what your scenario is, but I would say insofar as what you can do, can you try it and see if something arises or if it doesn't and how it feels? Because that can really help to clarify. Sometimes we can't always know from the head. We have to try it and feel into how the brain responds and how our soul either lights up or doesn't. 
So thank you for listening to this Wild Souls. I hope this was useful and helpful. And again, if you're interested in going on a six-week journey where you can really be supported in developing your, your intuitive autonomy and learn more about the brain and intuition and um, how to clear that human filter of old beliefs and you know prejudices and um, thoughts that can really feel like they are um, leading into intuition and that kind of lifelong process and ways to rewild our knowing. I'm grateful and honored to offer you um, Inner Voice, which is my offering, and it'll be open until January 9th. And then if you do not do it, um, it will come back around next year. So you can sign up for that. Enrollment closes next Thursday. So if you fill the call, this is um, you have a little less than a week to sign up. So you can do that by going to, again, the show notes or my website, lindsayback.com. Thank you so much to everybody who sent in questions for this series and everybody whose questions that I answered. Thank you for your feedback and lovely feedback. And um, this has been such an honor to do. I'm excited to do more of these. Um, I have more topics in mind for this year. And um, yeah, just loving on all of you, wishing some gentleness for all of us in this transition into the meat of 2020 and just uh, inviting you to take care of yourselves and I'll chat with you, connect with you soon. Thank you so much for listening to Tarot for the Wild Soul. This podcast was edited by Chase Voorhees. The podcast art is by Chelsea Iris Granger and it is hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. For more about the podcast, visit wildsoulpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at Tarot for the Wild Soul. For more about me and my work, please visit lindsaymack.com. To support Tarot for the Wild Soul, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. It helps people find us and it is greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for being here.